The blind stares of a million pairs of eyes Looking hard but won't realize That they will never see the pee Greedy! Greedy? Huh. Alright <laughs> Greedy Yes sir Yes, sir. It's all eyes on Cleveland, and I am your host, Brad Ward. Mikey is on the ones and twos. We are excited tonight. It's a quick hitter edition at AMA Ask Me Anything edition, mailbag edition show. We've got a week full of content planned out and ready to go for you, but it kicks off here tonight on All Eyes on Cleveland. Fresh, not so fresh anymore, but... Sort of fresh off of victory on Thursday Night Football. It was uh, a change of events, a change of things that we saw from week one. Also a different opponent. We'll talk about the differences there. We've got some great questions to dive into tonight on an Ask Me Anything Tuesday. Let's get to it. You start getting excited. Oh, yes. We are back in full effect on All Eyes on Cleveland. Excited to bring you the show tonight. Uh, Got some great stuff in the mailbag, some stuff uh, sent over via email questions. We're going to get to tonight on an Ask Me Anything Tuesday night. Um, After the Browns win on Thursday Night Football against the Bungles. Uh, we'll talk about everything that happened there as it was a nice little turnaround uh, from Baker, Mayfield, and company. We'll talk about the defense. Uh, I got a great question uh, in the mailbag tonight uh, about Larry Joby that we're going to hit. Um, and, of course, we got to talk about the, the continued question of Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, what his future may be here in Cleveland. Uh, as everybody wants to talk about that, so we're, we'll address it. I'll give you my thoughts. We'll get to it all here tonight. Uh, Mikey, you are good on that uh, music there. Um, so, I just want to tell you, first and foremost, that we appreciate you as listeners of our show. And um, you can go to our website, alleyesoncleveland.com. Totally redone, totally revamped a couple weeks ago. It is fabulous. You can go there. You can leave us a voicemail. You can listen to any episode you want. You can rate the show. You can go to the show store. You can do anything you want there. It's very nice looking, very easy to use, mobile and on your desktop. So go check out the website, www.alleyesoncleveland.com, plus the podcast is found where all other popular podcasts are found. So uh, if you listen on Apple or Google or whatever you listen on, um, you can find the uh uh, podcast there. It's everywhere. It's on every single platform. So it's available there. I do want to talk to you real quickly about Thrive Fantasy app as they uh, 
Uh, our, our sponsor and Thrive Fantasy app is an awesome daily, daily fantasy pardon me, sports app that you should download and try out. It's all about prop bets. No lineups. No uh, having to uh, you know follow the salary and pick your players and go up against the pros who enter 150, 300 lineups into different tournaments and, and clean up, and you're only entering one or two if you just dabble in the daily fantasy sports scene. Uh, like, that's how it goes down on DraftKings and, and FanDuel and Yahoo and all that. And and this is Thrive Fantasy App. And what you do with Thrive Fantasy App is you make your bets on prop bets. So you pick uh, an over and under for tonight's game. Say they say LeBron is going to score 27 points. Do you like that prop bet over or under? If you like it over, you pick the over. If you like it under, you pick the under. It's worth a certain amount of points depending on... Um, the weightedness of how, how likely that is to happen. You get 15 prop bets, you pick the 10 you like, and you win that way. So it doesn't matter. I mean, there's no you know advantage for one person over another. It's just uh, you and you, the knowledge that you bring to the table and the research you bring to the table, uh, a chance to win. So no uh, having to go up against somebody that is taking 150 shots while you take one. Use the promo code EYES, E-Y-E-Z, when you sign up today, and you will receive a instant $20 bonus with your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Let's get into this right away here tonight. We're not going to keep you long because we've got a a week full of all kinds of content that we're going to get to you. We've got a couple uh, guests later this week. Um, I am doing a show on YouTube tonight, revisiting the Full Monty show, which I'm sure they will have many questions for me um, about Odell Beckham Jr. and and, uh, Mayfield and whatnot, so is a national show, and, and they uh, certainly will want to know about that stuff. Um, let's get into some of that and what we saw on Thursday night, and then I'm going to get into your questions here, uh, and then we'll get you out of here. It won't be a long one tonight. But So we saw a completely different Baker Mayfield, right? Uh, we saw a guy who didn't trust anything he saw in week one, uh, couldn't pull the trigger, uh, even when he had people open, couldn't get his uh, eyes off of one side of the field. Um, now, they did some favors to him, right? They did some, they did some things uh, to get him going. Um, they they took that uh, the, the shot play to uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Early on, they took a peek at that, right? They rolled him out. He A little dig route from... Uh, Odell and they watched William Jackson and he was all over it. They set it up and said, "Up, oh, yep, he he was all over that. We can go back to that later." And they did, and they went back to it later and it was a good ball and a good catch and a touchdown and and that worked out really well and they they set that up early and they tried to get him the ball early, which was important because you you heard Odell talk about that and it's true. You, you know, you get involved in the game you feel like you have some ownership in the game, and uh, you know you play better. He played well. He blocked well. Um, he played hard all game long. 
Um, he, he had a good game all around, you know, four, only four catches, 74 yards, touchdown, the big play and everything. Uh, and, and a lot of people are going to ask about the targets because, you know, Jarvis with only like what three and, and Hooper with two catches or whatever. But the, the game script was very much what the Browns want things to be. That's the script they want to follow. Right. And the running the ball, because their offensive line, uh, I think, is ranked second right now um, by PFF in all all offensive lines in, in the NFL. So certainly the offensive line is playing well. The run game is there to be had, um, and that's what you want to do. This offense is set up to be successful when you are even – or it, or like neutral in a neutral game with the other team, or if you're ahead, that's when this offense thrives because the defense can't sit on the pass or sit on the run. They have to play both, and that's what this, this offense is set up to take advantage of because every, a lot of things look the same. A lot of run plays that are pass plays look like like run plays, and a lot of run plays that are that are, pardon me, pass plays that are run plays look like run plays. And that, that's what, that's how it's set up to succeed. It's not really the best offense to be down by 27. And at that point, then you have to say, yo, you know, yo, Baker, we, you got to get us back in this, or he has to overcome some of that. And certainly I think that he has the ability to do that. Is he there in his progression at this point, no. We we saw him play probably on Thursday night, his best game I've seen him play since year one, right? Um, he looked sharp. The ball came out of his hand. Excellent. Uh, he was accurate. He made uh, quick, decisive decisions. Now, you got to give credit to the coaching because they did some different things to help him out, too. Um, they, uh, instead of making Odell Beckham Jr. your first read, right? They made him his backside reads. So they changed it up a little bit. So instead of him going to the left side of the field or the short side of the field and looking, looking, Odell looks like he's staring him down and then having to get off that and go find the answer on the other side, he could go through his natural progressions knowing that, you know, maybe he's got Odell coming on a drag or coming on a pass across the middle as he makes his reads across the field, and that helped him, I think. More than anything, he just looked really comfortable. And uh, it may have been the opponent. It may have been, you know, certainly that's a factor. But also, they played much better, and you got to give some credit to Kevin Stefanski there. And Baker looked good. I mean, he made some really good throws. Um, and he got back to some of the stuff that he does really well, making throws on the run. Uh, down the field uh, to multiple times, uh, I can think of, to Hodge, to uh, Jarvis on one, to uh, Beckham on another. Down the field, in a in a window, he put, put it right in there. It was none of that stuff we talked about last episode where ball placement was an issue. It was not an issue. He was right on, and uh, let's hope that that continues, certainly as Washington will be a kind of a middle ground, right? So you had Baltimore who threw all kinds of crazy looks and they're going to confuse young quarterbacks. And then you had Cincinnati who is not very good defensively 
and was not at full strength even. Um, but they still have some players. It's still an NFL team, and you went out and they, they executed. And then you have Washington, which is – they're not a great team, but they, you know, um, have on their defensive side of the ball a very stout front four, very talented front four that's going to pressure Baker Mayfield, and it's going to pressure this offensive line that has been uh, looked so good early on here. So you're going to get a, a kind of an in-between test. They're not Baltimore. They're not Cincinnati. They're somewhere in between. So that will be nice for Sunday. And obviously we're going to get more into that game later on in the week. So those are kind of my thoughts on the game. Um, now, uh, if you follow along with me on Twitter, I've, I've kind of been doing some some breakdowns on the Browns defense. If you follow along, some, some film breakdowns on the Browns defense, the cover three that they're in a lot, because the defense has struggled, right? The defense is a work in progress. It just really is. You're going to have to understand that um, there's a lot of nuances to any defense that you run, but new players in a new scheme for Joe Woods, and then the rash of injuries that you have on top of that, and then trying to put guys in there on short notice and have them pick this stuff up, they are way behind, so it's been very vanilla. Um, But they did start to bring some pressures in different ways, and they did start to get home with them a little bit against the Bengals. So let's look for them to expand onto that and maybe get a little more uh, exotic. But the one nice thing that we're going to do this week, and that hopefully is that Greedy is back at practice, Mac Wilson is back at practice miraculously, and also miraculously Kevin uh, Johnson back at practice. I mean, unbelievable, right? So uh, lacerated liver and the guy's back at practice. So, Amazing stuff there. Three key pieces. They cannot be out there with um, Tavier Thomas on the field anymore. He is a special teams player, and uh, the Bengals picked on him all day. Ten targets, nine completions on Tavier Thomas. On the outside, against Mitchell and Ward, 20 targets to the outside on those two five completions so the corners on the outside are playing well in fact Mitchell is playing so well I don't know that if you can just tell him to go sit down because Greedy's back I don't know if you can do that you need to find a way and and I heard Nathan Zagura say this today and he's dead on you need to find a way somehow that your contingency plan if Johnson isn't able to play that the next option after that is Tavier Thomas. That It's got to be MJ Stewart, or it's got to be greedy moved inside or something. Like They have to find a way to get the three best corners on the field. So you're looking at Denzel, Money Mitch, and Greedy. Those are your three best corners. They're all considered outside corners. But who can you move inside? I would think Greedy would probably be... I don't want to move Denzel inside. He's too fragile, right? And he's too good on the outside. I mean, he, he looks spectacular on, on Thursday night. Like, amazing. Like, primetime stuff. He was all over 
the place on defense. Coverage was spectacular. That ability is there. He can be really special. And Money Mitch is playing so well on the outside, and he is he's physical out there, and he gets after it, and he, and he didn't allow anything against some good weapons that the Bengals deploy. I think Greedy has shown on film that he's not afraid to come up and tackle, even though that was the knock on him coming out. But he can, he'll come up and tackle, and you can put him over there in that nickel corner spot if you had to. I would uh, dare say that that is almost a mandatory requirement if you were to lose your current nickel corner in Johnson or MJ Stewart, if he's even, you know, I don't know why they didn't go to him instead of uh, Tavier Thomas, but Tavier Thomas cannot be lining up on this for this team out there. Uh, it just can't happen. Um, Sandejo has been getting burnt. I would love to see Harrison get worked into this defense, but once again, we're talking about the Seattle press bail, cover three, cover three, press bail. And if you look at some of the breakdown I did on go to Ward on Sports and you look at the breakdown on some of that, it's a very nuanced defense. It's a it's a matchup zone type deal, and it, it's a rules based defense where you have to know, you know okay, it's like they're going through a checklist every play. This guy left my zone. Okay, so what's next? And you got to find the work, right, but without losing your responsibility. So you have to find work in the zone, but you have to – you can't just leave your responsibility either. So – and other teams are going to run cover three beaters against it. They're going to challenge it. They're going to do stuff – to stress those rules in that cover three. And these are guys that are new to it, a lot of them. It's, you know, So Sendejo with maybe some experience in it, I don't know. But uh, I'd like to see Harrison get on the field. He got burnt. They weren't in cover three when he got burnt, strangely enough, uh, on a wheel route. He was on the field for like maybe two plays, I think I saw. I'm sure he was on the field more than that, but he was at safety back there on one side, and I, I believe they had Joseph on the other side, which is what I would like to see because he's he's better in coverage. Harrison can cover, and um, they ran a wheel route out of the uh, backfield, and the it was the uh, corner's job to. I mean, he should have carried with. Uh, the the uh, running back down the field at least until there was help and he just let him go and Harrison didn't identify it or see it and he got beaten that was the one of the plays that they scored the uh, the touchdown on it was a wheel route to the tight end pardon me uh, where he kind of just went behind the other route to the to the uh, sideline and uh the neither corner picked him up or carried him, and they just let him go. and And Harrison didn't see it coming, and he was late getting over there. And they Burrow put it on him for a touchdown. So there's it's a work in progress. It's you know they're gonna run this cover three. They're gonna show other looks too. Now this week may be different a little bit because you've got one wide receiver. And we'll get more into this later in the week. And maybe get a better idea from somebody, but 
you've got one right receiver in Terry McLaurin who does basically like 50, 40 some odd percent of their work at, at the wide receiver position. So does that lend itself to a zone? Not so much. It lends itself more to man to man. Uh, as so far, Denzel has strictly been uh, on the uh, left side of the field. So um, that's what we'll be looking at as we move forward towards uh, uh, the Washington game. Their defense is okay, pretty good at times. Their front four is excellent. They can be exploited in the secondary. So there's just kind of some thoughts there. Uh, as we move towards that direction of things. I want to get to the mailbag questions tonight. The first question that we got in the mailbag, um, let me get to this, was from, uh, oh boy, sorry about this. I know who the second one was from because I've been you know, doing some research on it and everything because I wanted to answer the question properly here. But NEO against the world, why are we not seeing Higgins or Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I don't even think has been dressing, to be honest? So thank you for the contribution tonight at uh, Northeast Ohio against the world, a frequent flyer in the uh, All Eyes on Cleveland mailbag. Um, they, just, they don't really, they're not, you know, we saw them run some some empty backfield stuff in week one um but if they're in a close game or ahead you're not going to see them run that stuff because that's not what this offense is um and so what you're going to see more of is uh you're going to see Odell and you're going to see Jarvis Landry who I'm not totally convinced is 100 percent yet by the way, just FYI, I'm not convinced on that. Even though he's still effective, he still should be out on the field, but I'm just not convinced that he's 100% yet. Um, you're going to see Odell, and you're going to see Jarvis, and then you're going to see... Um, uh, I'm losing my mind right now. You're going to see... Uh, I, I just wrote it down and was going over it in my head. Uh Kadero Hodge, I'm an idiot. Sorry about that. My bad. Kadero Hodge, you're going to see Kadero Hodge because he clearly, whatever he's done in practice or whatever, has beaten out Higgins and uh, whoever else there. I mean, they they should did some some stuff where they had JoJo Natson on the field in week one. Uh, I didn't see it as much in week two, but Kadero Hodge is. Um, the number three receiver on this team. In fact, they're even when they're lining up in, uh, you know, 12 personnel or 21 personnel, um, or whatever, you know, where it requires one wide receiver to be on the field, uh, that one wide receiver that they have out there is, um, it's 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 uh um Hodge, not you know, Landry, not uh OBJ, it's been Hodge. And they're kind of probably using that because you're not looking at, you know, big time pass situations there, but they're prob or at least not to him, they're probably using that 
play as a, as a period to get those guys a blow um, on the sideline. But at at the same time, you know, you would think in critical times in the game that one of them would be in that position. But it's certainly, you know, like last week uh, or on Thursday night, they had Hodge out there a lot when they were in that the one wide receiver out there, uh, the, the 21 personnel. So uh, that's what uh, uh, you're looking at. And um, so something to think about uh, there with that. As far as deep DPJ, I don't know if we'll see him later in the season or not. Certainly had a good camp, I thought. Uh, Higgins, you know, when it calls for four wides, he'll be on the field. But until then, I don't see him seeing much playing time as Hodge is doing a nice job. He's creating separation. Uh, he's uh, catching the balls that are thrown his way. I, I don't have any complaints with him. And I'm a big Higgins fan, so I feel, you know, it's like it's tough because I am a big Higgins fan, and, and I would love to see him out there, but it's tough because Hodge is doing a nice job. So uh, good blocking. He blocks. He plays hards all the time. So uh, I think he's kind of won that position, at least for the time being. Um, and I would think it would take some kind of poor play for him to uh, lose that position. Uh, you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland on a quick hitter night here as we uh, get through this uh, quickly here uh, to answer some of your questions. And we did some game react. Um, I wanted to answer this question next here tonight. Uh, a good, very good question from a, a very smart football man on uh, Twitter, Robert Stallnacker at Wildlife lover l-u-v-r uh always challenging me with his uh analytics uh but presents an excellent question tonight uh on twitter and i will i'm gonna read the whole thing to you here so everybody knows what we're what we're talking about here um okay this is from Robert, and Robert, thank you so much for your contribution. Interested in how you feel Barry will handle the defensive line in light of two weeks of very good performance and the fact that defensive back and linebacker are so weak. I ask this in regards to contract situation. See details below. The question is, will Barry do an extension during the 2020 season? Hashtag Browns. And then below, and, and we've, if you recall, if you're – extensive listener to the show we've actually breached this topic before about Ogan Joby so it's good uh good question brown defensive line playing very well but are same players extension or some players extension worthy contracts that end this year Ogan Joby Gustin and Olivier Vernon and he writes thank god uh contracts ending in 21 so Andrew Billings you got to remember on an opt-out they will get back next year uh, so he fills an interior role or at least a role of uh, a rotational guy on the interior. Uh, Adrian Claiborne, uh, th- $3 million, uh next year is what he's make, zero guaranteed. So that's not, you know, and same thing with Sheldon Richardson, set to make $11.9 mil, zero guaranteed. Um, so they're, those decisions, those are easy, easily expendable guys. It's, there's no dead cap there is my understanding. So... Um, signed long-term, he writes, uh, Miles Garrett, Jordan Elliott, uh, not enough snaps to evaluate Jackson and Taylor. So, 
It's uh, Clearberry will focus on the DBs and linebackers in the draft and free agency. Writes Robert, too little or zero info currently on the defensive line free agents and the 2021 draft class. Will Barry extend any defensive line uh, to lock in so as to focus on the DBs or, or linebackers? Will Barry wait the season out to get more info on Larry O and Gustin, or will he do their extension this season? If Gustin or Ogunjobi play very well, Barry could risk losing them as their agent would suggest they test free agency. If Barry extends too early, there's a high risk of drop-off. Question, will Barry extend? It's a great question. So I, I, as far as what Barry does, I can tell you, first of all, what I would do is as far as Ogunjobi goes, I can't speak to Gustin. I just haven't seen enough of him yet, right? He looked, I mean, we know he was a five-star guy. We know he's talented and everything, uh, but we, I just haven't seen enough of him yet. But as far as Ogunjobi goes, I think, and I, you asked me in another Twitter question, if you, you know, he's ranked number two right now, I think you said a defense, interior defensive lineman, uh, pro football focus. You asked where I thought he would end up. I, I, he'll end up in the top 10, in my opinion, no, no question. Now, I think that they should look to extend him uh, at the halfway point of the season. So as you get to, uh, and let me check on this right here. So you've got, well, here's your options, you know, and Robert, I'm sure you feel the same way. If he gets to, if you get to the end of the season, if you wait too long, you're fucked because he's going to go uh, on the free agent market and somebody's going to pay him more than you are willing to pay him. Almost guaranteed. He could get a contract uh, the likes of, and I have uh, my spot track up here, so he could get a contract, in my opinion, the likes of, let's just say, um, DeForest Buckner, right? Um, maybe not that high, but I would say in the 80 range. Uh, so Chris Jones got 80 mil for four years. Is he worth $20 million a year? Probably not. So uh, let's look at um, like 70 to 75 to 80. I mean, somebody might pay him 80. I, I, I have no doubt that if he finishes like I expect him to, the top tank pro football focus, and he get pressures and play as well as he has, that he'll get a four-year deal in the 75 to 85 million. Now, if you approach him, he's proven to be durable. He's proven to be available. Those are reasons also why he is worth that deal. If you do the in-season deal, you could probably do it for four years, $65, $70 million. You save that money. You sure him up. I think that that is what Barry should do, and I hope he does, as they get to... 
close in on, hold on here. I mean, I wanted to look at this before I finish my thought. As they close in, I don't know when their bye week is this year, week nine. So as they close in on week nine, week eight, week nine, uh, you've seen enough from him this year. There's no serious injury as long as he's, you know, no massive drop-off or, or red flags pop up. You've seen enough of him, in my opinion. At that point, you need to extend the offer because you're, you're giving him some um, – you're giving him that solid foundation and you're giving him a contract close enough, but it's going to save you enough ultimately that it's worthwhile to do, whereas – if he goes on the open market, it's going to go crazy because of, A, either lack of people on the open market. He probably is going to be one of your best interior defensive line free agents in all of the NFL, so he's going to get paid like it. So even though he's not Chris Jones, he's going to get Chris Jones' money. That's just the way it works, right? So you can't let it that happen if you intend to keep him. Now, if Barry makes up his mind that he doesn't intend to keep him and, and, and they have looked at things and decided that they want to allocate their salary elsewhere, um, then I think that uh, they'll just let him walk at the end of the year not and and try to replace that spot. I mean, you do have Elliot there if you want to hang on to Sheldon, and then you 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 do need to address certainly defensive end. I think needs obviously addressed in the offseason along with as you mentioned linebacker and cornerbacks. But one thing that Barry and I think it's starting we're starting to see a trend in the NFL is that nobody and I don't think Barry's going to do it either is going to allocate a certain amount of funds to linebacker. They're just not going to do it, especially when you have all these young guys now where you've got Mac and Phillips and Taki Taki, and they'll probably draft another mid round guy there. So they're going to go ahead and ride with those young guys at linebacker linebacker is the new running back on defense, basically in my opinion, uh, for these, for for some of these analytical guys, so I don't see them spending a ton of money on linebacker. But what you do need to spend money on is that front four. So either they're just cool with letting Elliott take his place, which could be a possibility, or they'll let. There'd be a couple options here, or they let Richardson go and let Elliott replace him because you can't keep Elliott. Elliott's too good, or at least at this point looks to be too good to just leave as a rotational piece. You want to use him on his rookie contract as a starter because it just it just frees up money elsewhere uh, to allocate to other things. So it's either going to be Richardson or Ogunjobi. One of them is going to go. I would prefer to see Ogunjobi get extended during the year, let Richardson walk. I know he's excellent. He's a very good player, but he's just further along in his career at this point. And then move Elliott into his position and and fill in accordingly behind them. You'll have Billings back as a rotational piece, which is a nice 
to know that that's in your back pocket, right? And then you'll have you'll have to address the one thing that you did mention is they're going to have to address the end opposite Miles Garrett in a in, in a long term solution wise. So I wouldn't even I would think that one of their top picks in the next draft is defensive end because you've got corners. You sort of address safety. We'll see what happens with Harrison back there. Carl Joseph, what's going to happen there? I think he's on a one-year deal. So I don't, we'll see how they want to address safety. But I would say that defensive end may be opposite Miles Garrett, maybe probably is, as that's probably like the second most important position for football teams. If you look at like how they value positions, you say A, quarterback number one, and B, disrupting the quarterback number two, right? That's what affects the game the most. So you certainly need to address the defensive end position opposite um, Miles. Adrian Claiborne, of course, you can keep around, but I don't. he's not your long-term solution. I think you need to address that a long-term solution in the draft or like if they would have, and I know you hate this name, Robert, but like if they would have gone after Yannick Ngakwe and tried to extend him, just as an example, not saying he's the answer because I, I know that you don't like him as a player. So, but like that type of a long-term solution, uh, or if they would have signed Clowney to a multiple-year deal, that that would be the answer opposite Miles. But at this point, it certainly would look like they're going to need to address that in the draft. So I, to answer your question, because it's a complicated question, as you can see, we're going at it a number of different ways here. But, um, and it'll bring me to another topic here I'm going to hit real quick before we go. But uh, I would prefer to see Barry try to get him signed in that 65 to $70 million four-year three-year extension around, you know, $15 million a year, uh, whatever signing bonus is necessary, et cetera, um, during the season because I'm afraid if – I know – I'm not afraid. I know if he sees the open market, he's going to be one of the best, if not the best, free agent interior defensive lineman available so whether he's chris jones or not he's going to get chris jones type money 20 million dollars a year so that's that's the answer on that so whether barry will do it i don't know i think he would lean towards that because i don't think that like i don't think he's concerned about the linebacker position as much as like we are i think he thinks that he can fill in the modern analytical view on this is that that linebacker doesn't need to be addressed with a ton of money right you can do that with a bunch of young players uh on rookie deals and and other guys on one-year deals etc um the commitment to fill that spot isn't quite there once again the the new the running back of the offense is is the linebacker position now right so your your more concern is on getting to the quarterback, stopping the run, and the back end of the defense, right? Uh, so 
And, and certainly that's clear, as you can see, is that's where that's where the Browns struggle, and that's where a lot of teams struggle is in that middle area because there are other teams that have taken that approach as well, certainly. Um, circling back here as we're going to get out of here now, and hopefully I answer your question. So uh, do I think Barry will do it? I would lean towards yes because it makes sense. In my opinion, to um, if you want to build a culture, you need to start extending some of these guys, and that's one of the core guys for me. Um, and it saves you a ton of money if you can get it done, and you're keeping one a premier player, in my opinion. So I would like to see him get try to get that done. I can't wait if he sees the open market; he's gone. Um, so. To answer your question, yes, I think that they will try to address that by week nine, in my opinion, which would be the bye week. Any later than that, I think, like you might have said, his agent might just tell him to hang on and and see what he gets on the open market. Um, If we are looking at Odell Beckham Jr.'s future, and and I and the you know a lot of people are asking this question about him, about him being traded and whatnot. Here's why you can't trade him right now. It's bad business. You can't you don't trade a guy when when he's you can't trade low on a guy. His value is is almost at an all-time low right now. So you don't want to do that. People are saying trade from a position of strength to bolster the defense. NFL wise Player for player trades are just unheard of, and you're probably that's just seemed just kind of far fetched. Okay. Thirdly, any of the money, you know, the fourteen million dollars that he's making that you get off your books by trading him now, you can't use to your benefit this year. Okay. So keep him on the seat, on the team for the rest of the season because whether he has a and I talked about this with multiple people in the know even before camp started if if Odell has a really good year he's going to want a new contract and we're not going to give it to him if he has a really bad year the experiment's over and they're going to move on from him. But either way, I don't think the Browns can live with continuing to spend $28 million around there on two receivers on the outside in this offense. Just my opinion. So I think this is his last year in Cleveland regardless. Not saying that's what I want. It's just what I think is going to happen. So trading him now doesn't make any sense, um, in my opinion. And people that are bringing up trading Kareem Hunt, you're crazy. Uh, His contract and him being here provides built-in leverage in the Chubb negotiations. And they're... They get along so well, and the ability to take some of the load off the other one could extend both guys' careers significantly, and it works. 
I would not mess with that. What they have there is special. The game script for the Browns to win includes Kareem Hunt in that script this year, in my opinion. So, uh, that's what I have addressed here tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. It was a, It's a quick hitter edition, an Ask Me Anything edition. Thank you so much to Northeast Ohio uh, against everyone, and certainly Robert, a very intellectual question and something that we can certainly revisit in the weeks to come. I hope that you, uh, uh, my answer was uh, worthwhile to you and uh, that you enjoyed it and enjoyed the show. Uh, I appreciate everybody out there tuning in. Go check out the website, alleyesoncleveland.com. You can go to the store, get your your uh, patent All Eyes on Cleveland t-shirt. They are on fire. They're, they're getting uh, fired around everywhere, uh, and uh, uh, everybody is... Uh, uh, wearing them, we saw G. Bush wearing one during his rant uh, during the game the other night. We mentioned that you uh, uh, saw my adorable niece wearing one. Um, so certainly, um, everybody is wearing the "All Eyes on Cleveland" T-shirt that has them. So go get, just hit the store button when you're in there, uh, and go ahead and grab one. And while you're at it, leave me a review. If you don't like what I'm doing, I'm fine with it. Just go ahead, tell me. Let me know you don't like it. That's perfectly fine. I'm cool with that. If you like what I'm doing, even better. Just let us know what you think, and uh, that will, uh, you know, be enough for us. Just leave the review while you're there at the website. We appreciate it greatly. Uh, I appreciate you tuning into All Eyes on Cleveland on a shortened Ask Me Anything edition. Uh, big thanks to Robert Stallnecker again for the intellectual question. Uh, maybe we'll send you a t-shirt, buddy. That's what we'll do. That's, that's what we'll do. Uh, All Eyes on Cleveland, uh, is presented by Thrive Fantasy App. Uh, go check it out. Sign up and prop up today. For Mikey on the ones and twos, I am Brad Ward. This has been another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. We are out. We gon' get bringing our point to your position. Ripping stages with my thought coalition. Carrying on, eradicate all your stress mode. Just another episode through these area codes. We banking on my time. running through your city. If you're missing out at the show, we can The hotness talked about but never seen at the Loch Ness. Did you cop this? Dropping inside your vein and like a train, we be running throughout your legs and arms. You're high off a talent and charm. Check the caliber. This be a smash like some fruit on stage with Gallagher. Well, you fib cause it's messy. Niggas scheming on my girl as if my name was Jesse. Watch your manners. Now let me pass it off to Dave. I said travels like hammering the roof. Small talking in the big city. It's all about getting the coins. Everywhere I go, I touch a tenderloin. It's sporting a dot com, be at Marker Bomb on your metro. Modern order, I ain't horse. Yo, take the cross and meet a nigga at the butcher. Cutting your girl, we on a world tour. Supplying your bloodstream with nothing but the pure uncut. And your times running through your city. If you're missing out, it'll show we a pretty we got. We ain't walking on the yellow brick road. These streets stay red and bloody. Kids study your code so you can easily pass. I stash a little love when I'm on the visitation. If you cross my line, nigga, do the same. I'm guaranteed to run through and prove the game. Ain't big.
bigger than the pieces in it. You see the pieces in it had me stuck traveling one side of the map. Clapping hands with rat cats who ain't deserve that. Long hauls and living out of suitcase, man. Chicken heads and gangs of fruitcakes, man. Ain't nothing better than exploring the outskirts, especially when she ain't got no pantyhose on and it's on. High times running through your city. If you're missing out, it'll show me your pity. We got high times running through your city. Oh man! And we got Maceo getting down. And of course, my nigga Eno getting down. And we got JD getting down. And of course, Slump V getting down. And we got my man Christ getting down. And we got Tom Sense getting down. And we got ND getting down. You know Joy Hightower getting down. And we got C. Smith getting down. And my nigga Dave West getting down. Come on. Come on.